Hello, bonsoir, and welcome to the Get French Football News Show. I'm Nathan Staples. Uh, we have rolled out the red carpet again because it's time for our award show in our final episode of the season. We are dressed to the nines with Eric Devin in his Memphis Depay-inspired marching band jacket, Philip Bargil in a tuxedo not too dissimilar to that worn by Florian Tovan back in Newcastle, and I'm wearing a bewitching Yves Saint Laurent number. But before you get a little bit too enthralled by a man in a dress, uh, here are the latest headlines. Paris Saint-Germain won the Coupe de France on Saturday in dramatic fashion, leaving it until added time to crush the dreams of Angers after Issa Sissoko put through his own call in a 1-0 win for the capital club. Trois overcame Lorient in the first ever promotion relegation playoff, the Ligue 2 side winning 2-1 at home on Thursday, before holding out for a 0-0 draw at the Stade de Moustoir on Sunday evening. Les Merlu drop out of the top division for the first time in 10 years. The French under-20s have finished top of their group in the under-20s World Cup in South Korea with victories over New Zealand, Honduras and Vietnam. They will take on Italy in the next round on Thursday. And in transfer news, Bernardo Silva has joined Manchester City on a five-year contract from Monaco. The Portuguese international cost the Premier League side an estimated £43 million, which could rise through future add-ons. And that's the news. But remember, for all the latest, head on over to our website at www.getfootballnewsfrance.com and follow us on Twitter at GFFN. So this is how our awards are going to be worked out and how they have been decided. All of our staff whittled down a list down to four nominees for each of these awards before putting those names to you, our audience. We then all had a collective vote and both that and your vote combined will give us our winners. Myself, Philip and Eric will debate the nominees before I announce the winner. So now that the formalities are out of the way, it's time for our first award of the evening, which is the League and Goalkeeper of the Year. The nominees are Baptiste René of Dijon, uh, Stéphane Ruffier of Saint-Étienne, Johan Cardinal of Nice and Johan Pelé of Marseille. Eric, I'll start with that Dijon goalkeeper in Baptiste René, who had a surprisingly good season to, to most viewers. What did you think to his campaign? Yeah, I think this is a... You know, one of those awards where we can recognize a player who has performed really well and for a team that doesn't get a lot of headlines. Dijon are promoted side. They played relatively attractive football, but they weren't the greatest defensively. They weren't an Angers-style, very tight team defensively. Uh, and because of that, Rene often had a lot to do. And I think that despite less than stellar goals against average, he certainly was able to come up with a lot of saves to keep Dijon in, in close matches and preserving a 1-1 draw or, or a 0-0 draw on many occasions. He's also a player who has overcome quite a bit. He was brought into Lorient and lost his battle with Benjamin Lecomte there and, and has had to go back down to Ligue 2 and come back up as a means of success. So he's a player who's he's still only 26, but he's someone who's had to undergo a lot in his career in terms of adversity on a professional level and I think that he he's really done well and he should he should be he's very deserving of a nomination for this award. Philip let's move on to our second nominee in this category of goalkeeper of the year and that's Stefan Ruffier who really has had an exceptional first half of the season especially is he possibly the best goalkeeper in Liga at the moment? If if we take 
just the first half of the season, yes, but I'm, I just don't think that his second half of the season was basically um, not helped by the defenders in front of him and um, basically Satatin going going to pieces, basically. The defending was not uh, was not very good. Rupia had trouble marshalling them, and uh, the the midfield weren't helping helping the defense. So everything everything seems to to be uh, to have to have given up on 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 everyone basically. So it's very hard to defend Rupia for his second half of the season, even though he's made he still made some really really good saves, but it was nowhere near his level in the first half of the season. Yeah, and, and on to our next candidate, who's Johan Cardinal of Nice, who's had a really decent season, to be fair. There's been a couple of little blips of, of craziness from the youngster, but he's had a really solid season, up from my point of view, at least. Anyway, he's he's slowly grown in confidence, I think, and, and now he's sort of the definite number one at the club. He's he's really grown into that role. He's helped marshal that really decent Nice defence as well and has added a, a barrier. He's still... Although I don't think he's quite on the exact level, he does really remind me of uh, Fabian Barthez of the past. He's very, very much a similar size. He's got that wonderful agility to really get a great sort of goal, well, goal stopping at least ability to get across the goal where wherever he needs to be. Sometimes he's a little erratic. Sometimes when he rushes out, he's maybe a little bit uncertain on himself. But he's getting, I felt at least over the course of the season, he got more confident and more consistent. Uh, as the season gone on, and it is rightfully probably up there with a mix of, of really decent goalkeepers. Uh, let's f go with that final nominee now, Eric Rea, and that's uh, Johan Pele, who many at the start of the season wouldn't have really predicted of being in this position and maybe being a real wink link in this Marseille side and someone whom they might even still look to replace in the summer. But he's had a terrific season and the most clean sheets out of anyone in Europe. Yeah, and especially it's especially impressive when you consider the quality of defenders he's had in front of him. Rolando's had a decent season, but if you think about the attacking proclivities of the fullbacks uh, and the fact that you know you have Rod Fani at his age being a regular in defense, and it's been a really impressive season for for Pele. I think that few would have seen this coming, given his age and his lack of uh, top flight experience, and. I think that you know Marseille were unbeaten for a long time at home, and a lot of that was down to him. That even if the attack wasn't often clicking, as, as it, it somewhat struggled to do, especially before the arrival of Dimitri Paye, that Marseille were able to grind out the, the odd one no win or, or get these or get a narrow draw, even if even if it meant uh, uh, having to play in a in a rather a rather restrained way. And a lot of that was a lot of that was down to Pele. I think that he, you know, is perhaps the biggest surprise of any of the players in this list, even more than Rene. I mean, Rene is someone who's shown potential in the past. Uh, has some youth caps or front youth, youth international caps. Obviously, Cardinal and, and Ruffier have a, a ability for the spectacular, but Pele is not someone who we've even seen very much of because he was behind Steve Mandanda for so many years, and you know Mandanda had that long streak of, of uh, matches played in Liga, and, and Pele had never had his chance. And it seemed more a matter of Marseille's poor financial situation that he was made the starter rather than it being a recognition of his abilities. But I, I think he's completely turned that narrative on his head. And whereas, you know, goalkeeper may have been a priority for Marseille last summer, I certainly don't think it is at this point in time, other than perhaps maybe trying to build for the future. An excellent list of goalkeepers, at least. But the winner of our award for this season is Nice's Johan Cardinal. Um, Philip, do you think that's the right result? Do you think that's the right goalkeeper to win the award? 
Uh, I actually would have gone with none of the four. I would have gone for for Lopez. Um, but out of those four, yes, I, I would um, I would especially agree. Given given his his age and uh, the start of the season, he's he's done. Uh, my my choice is a bit is a bit blighted, um, you know, uh, as usual, uh, by uh, his um, off off pitch. Well, it's not really off the pitch, but with his his uh, his incidents. Um, during Lyon's uh, April April months, and I've I thought that his performance were kept at a reasonably reasonably high level for most of the for most of the season, including including towards the, the latter stages of the Europa League. But um, yeah, out of those four, I would say that um, kind of just about shades it over over Pelé and, and Ruffier. And that, uh, yeah, this continues this trend of um, of getting great uh, great goalkeepers uh, out of uh, out of the academy, and uh, it doesn't it doesn't actually feel like um, people are rushing to to sign him. So it is quite possible that Cardinal may be um, bit, between the sticks next season for Nice, which is great news. Eric, is maybe someone like Pele a little bit unlucky not to have won this award, or, or do you agree that Cardinal is probably the man for this one? I, I would have to agree with that, Senra. I think that Pele definitely, for me, I think was the most consistent goalkeeper over the year. I think that if we look at the likes of Ruffier and Cardinal, are they fantastic keepers? Yes. But are, are they more someone that catches the eye with a fantastic save but might be somewhat fundamentally lacking? I think that's also the case. And I think that Rene, again, is, is someone who's overworked and, and maybe benefits, again, because he's making so many saves in a match or over the course of a season. I think that in terms of a holistic approach, I think that the Pele for me probably makes the better choice. But I can I can see Cardinal. I think that he, you know, is knocking in the door of the senior squad for France. And I think that given Nice's defensive record this season and the fact that he's had to deal with a lot of players uh, coming in and out of him, the injuries to Bice, loss of form for Sar, injury to Maxime Lemarchand, uh, change of formations, that he's also done he's done well to keep Nice's defensive record as it is. And that he's deserving of recognition in that way. Absolutely. And congratulations to him. Uh, moving on to our next award now, and that's Liga and Signing of the Year. And there's plenty of really good players, unsurprisingly, coming on this list. And our nominees for this one are Camille Glick of Monaco, uh, Nice's Dante, uh, Benjamin Mondi, also of Monaco, and Wieland Cyprian, also of Nice. So two clubs clearly did very good business this summer, uh, Philip. But let's start with the Polish international, Glick, who's Really been a rock in the centre of that Marseille, um, that Monaco defence this season, hasn't he? Yeah, and um, just to show just how how much of um, an importance he has been, he's done a four year Euro two thousand sixteen. I believe we we uh, we talked about him with um, with Eric a couple of weeks back, and he's played thirty six games out of those thirty eight, uh, barely missing any chances. He's scored six goals, and uh, he's basically changed Monaco from. A reasonably good defend, uh, defensive side last season, but uh, who uh, who did crack um, late on in in the season, as um, as is proven by their uh, defeat on the final day to Lyon 4-0. And uh, with with Gleek, not only uh, did they have some guy who could score um, headers from uh, from set pieces, but also yeah, generally one one of the arguably one of the best def- best centre backs in. Uh, in in Europe, it made Jemison play uh, play better, and uh, the whole defense has been has been very solid. It's also been, um, I think, very beneficial for a guy like Bakayoko to have someone like Glick behind him, 
and uh, for um, the likes of the fullbacks, uh, CDB and Mendy to go to go forward. So, uh, really, on, honestly, a, a really astute piece of business from a player who was playing at Torino. So uh, not exactly, uh, you would say, um, um, a superb, uh, a superstar Serie A, Serie A side. But you know they they, they got him and uh, he's he's done he's done terrific and it doesn't even look tired. It's it's amazing. Yeah, and to get that business done so quickly after the Euros as well, when he was so terrific, I think was really the icing on the cake for that signing. But another really good centre back signing is Dante, who was obviously from uh, a free transfer from Wolfsburg originally. Well, having had a number of stops in the in the Bundesliga and. I really like this signing this season. I think Dante, we've, as Eric mentioned earlier about Nice, that they had some problems at the back with injuries to all three of the other centre-backs they have on that club. But Dante's been the ever-present. And there were some rumblings outside of a few German outlets that maybe he was a little bit past it, maybe because he'd, he'd lost a little bit of his speed and bits like that. It, it, he was starting to slow down and struggle in the Bundesliga. But I think he's adapted really nicely to Liga. And I think uh, Favre has done the best to get the best out of him, putting him in the middle of that uh, back three when they were there. He he did a nice job of being sort of the sweeper of that role. I thought he helped um, Malang Sar come, come on very leaps and bounds in the first half of the season. You could see him helping him position-wise and, and, and uh, pulling him, reining him back in when needs be. And then combining with those three centre-backs when they needed to go to a back four, I think he did exceptionally well to sort of hold the fort in what was... One of the best defences in uh, Ligue 1 this season. He, I think he's maybe a little bit underappreciated for how well he did this season because there's obviously more outstanding names in the defensive parts as we go on later on. But there's no doubt that his consistency, at least, and his regularity to play so many games at the back really helped a nice side that were struggling for centre-backs uh, through different parts of this season. But uh, moving on to another another excellent defender but maybe a bit more offensive in a sense Eric and that's Benjamin Mondi who's also been linked with a move to Manchester City so he might not be staying too long but it was a good piece of business for to take him from Marseille in the summer wasn't it? Yeah I mean this is a player who's been around for, for quite some time through his time at, Mar at Marseille and, and prior to that as well and who's always shown a real spark going forward good crosser of the ball very dynamic but sometimes his defensive technique wasn't as we would like it. I think that that's, that was still in evidence this season on occasion. Uh, I think about that, that red card against Leon uh, before the winter break. But we've also seen, despite that caveat, we've also seen Mendy step up in a huge way, be absolutely the player of the match on uh, several occasions in the Champions League, thinking about that match against Spurs, uh, thinking about the second league against Dortmund, playing against Manchester City. He's... He's raised his game, and while there are still momentary lapses that, that are frustrating, I think that the dynamism that he's given Monaco from that fullback position has allowed that 4-4-2 to thrive, and his energy, his work rate, he's, he's really been impressive. I think that he, he was probably the signing that Monaco made this summer that I personally questioned the most. I think he's done the most to surprise me. He's become France's first choice at left back. And, and that's, you know, no mean feat either, obviously, with the experience. I mean, again, they haven't had the greatest seasons themselves, but Luca Dean and Levin Kurzawa are certainly more experienced players. And for Mendy to be the clear number one ahead of both of them, and as well as Patrice Epper, has been a really impressive season for him. He still has the odd mistake. There was an occasion against Saint-Étienne where he shoved over 
I believe it was Arnold Nodan on the break and was lucky to get away with not being sent off. But those mistakes are becoming fewer and fewer. He's really refined his technique defensively under Jardine and lost none of that attacking threat. I hope he does stay, but given how how rare good fullbacks are these days, I think that it's it's going to be a tough ask for Monaco to hang on to. But yeah, certainly a very deserving nominee for this position. Yeah, it's strange to think the amount of left-backs that France have got that, that he's sort of surpassed both of them this season with the fact that they have both been tipped for, to be future international left-backs for a reasonable amount of time now. But another surprising young player as well is is Willan Cipriano from originally from Lens. And he, he's been in Ligue 1 before, Philip, but he didn't really pull up the trees he did this season. And up until his injury in March, he was really a, a dynamic force in that midfield for Nice, wasn't he? It's one of those signings that uh, you thought was quite astute at the time, uh, but um, seeing seeing as we we actually uh, analysed his uh, his football when he was uh, with other clubs before going um, before before Lance basically, we just saw okay, Nisa Nisa getting some some young guy from from Lance. Um, let's see if he, how how well he does. And with the season that Cotillo had, it was quite quite difficult to see Willian Cyprien have the season he had, but he's he's added so, I mean, he's been a monster this season. He's, he's added so much uh, power to uh, to his game and made this such a, such a great side that um, he, I mean, he basically made Nice's um, um, midfield with uh, with Seri and, and Walter had uh, had something to do with it, Rémi Walter, uh, early on in the season, but he's uh, he's been more, um, had a more difficult season with with injuries, but uh, make no mistake, and this had uh, the seasons they've had, in, in, especially in midfield controlling games, thanks to uh, Willian Cyprien pulling pulling the strings, uh, si- sitting in front of that defence and uh, getting the ball around to uh, to Walter to uh, to Seri, going up front, uh, even hitting some fantastic free kicks. I'm thinking about the one at the Paris Pass. He's got eight league goals this season, which is uh, third best be- behind Mario Balotelli, who did. Despite what we what people say, has uh, ended uh, the season uh, with uh, 15 goals, which is not that bad. And um, Cyprien, from a really actually from a DM position, has actually um, um, scored scored eight goals. So that's that's pretty good. I mean, apart from he he's the he's the top scorer if you take out if you take out the strikers. So it says a lot about his game, and he's had a really terrific season. And it's. Looking at the list back now, it, it is difficult to try and find one that's really a definitive one. But the the one who wins our award for signing the season is Camille Glick. And in all honesty, it, it, it can anyone make an argument that, if, at least for a piece of business, that Glick is probably the deserved winner in this one? No, I, I, that's who I had. Yeah, any of the year, I, absolutely. I mean, for the price, for we've seen centre backs go for. Look at what Manchester City, for example, have paid for the likes of Mangala. What mm-hmm. what Valencia have paid for Ezekiel Garay, what PSG and have played have paid for Marquinhos and David Luiz. Yeah, it's yeah, it's, it seems like crazy money now that you can get such a fantastic centre back so easily. Um, let's move on to um, probably the only award no one wants to win in this RGFFN awards, and that's flop signing of the season. Now, there's quite a few here that are, are interesting, and I'll go through our anonymies, and that's Hesse of PSG, uh, Grigos Krakowiak of PSG as well, um, 
uh, Santetian's uh, Brian Darbo and Jeremy Menez of Bordeaux. Um, we'll go through this one a little bit quicker because we uh, let's try not to be too negative on these, but we'll start with Hesse, Philip. Um, he only played half the season anyway and didn't really get too much game time, but it was maybe a bit of a risky deal in the first place with a couple of Real Madrid fans particularly happily he was leaving. So was it was this a real miss from terms of PSG and a, and a one that they really should have done a little bit more of their homework on? Well, there's really not much of things to say about this guy, um, so I'm going to I'm going to take into account Krikoyak as well, if I may. Yeah, go um, ahead. <laughs> with Hesse, nobody knew really who who he was. I mean, in, I'm talking about the you know the uh, average French Ligue 1 football fan. Whereas Krikoyak, Krikoyak used to play for Reims, and uh, him coming back really meant he was a he was a he was a sorry he was a Unai signing, and uh, people were expected uh, expecting him to. Um, to be uh, quite dominant in midfield, to be to be as good as he was at Sevilla, uh, which won them the Europa League, which is you know which is a European trophy. With Jesse, the I mean, the general idea was okay. We've got this winger. We need a couple of wingers. Um, Dimitrius didn't have a great second half of last season. Maybe he can shape things up. Maybe he can do uh, great stuff. But he didn't. That's basically the, uh, the the ongoing, you know, sort of uh, of uh, his um, uh, achievement, uh, if you if you can if you can call it that. He didn't. On the other hand, he wasn't really given a chance. I mean, just one start was against Saint Etienne, but nobody really knew he was on the pitch. It just, uh, yeah, I I can't really think of a of a worst uh, worst signing than uh, than Hesse. Uh, at in in terms of uh, just uh, taking taking some some guy nobody has ever heard of, and uh, thinking that he can actually compete with a guy like Di Maria or uh, somebody somebody else, with Kukovic is it's I mean it's much more disappointing. I mean nobody really cares about Jesse, really. Um, with Kukovic is extremely disappointing, given that also the price tag. I'm not actually quite sure how much he cost, but it it wasn't for you know two euros. And um, he's played most of. Uh, he, he's actually played most of uh, uh, the second half of the season with uh, the um, uh, the B, the, the reserves, and there were actually quite a lot of guys who uh, weren't even playing uh, football professionally who were playing up against him. That's how bad he's been. So both have been pretty bad. Yeah, pretty bad is the best way to put it. I think. Um, <laughs> Eric, another player that we talked about at the start of the season possibly being a really good signing was was Brian Darbo, but he's not really carved his niche really into Saint-Étienne, hasn't he? He's not really been quite the signing we might have expected. Yeah, and especially we are at into that, that he's, he had fallen out with Galtier to the point of not being a part of the first team. It was a very frustrating signing. I think that you know, this is what we had asked for for Saint Etienne. That they had, had they were if they were going to continue to play with this four three three, they needed players who could be more in that box to box mold. And I was excited to see Saint Etienne bring in the likes of Saive, Jordan Beretu, and Dabo because I thought they would add that dynamism in the midfield to be able to play as you know more as well as the Blaise Matuidi type, as someone who can be a central midfielder but can also affect the game going forward. And to see Dabo fail so badly. Again, I think he was four million, but for a club of Saint Etienne's means, that's that's a pretty big fee. 
And I don't think that he necessarily undid their season, but I think that if you you think about how that money could have been invested in other players, it's 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 certainly to me is a disappointment. I, I had um, I think he was definitely someone that I suggested for this flop of the year, uh, and I, I think that he has certainly borne that out over the course of the last ten months. And it's, yeah, it's been a frustrating one for him. And another frustrating one, really, from many people's points of view, and I've mentioned it a couple of times this season, that's Jeremy Menez, who's gone into a Bordeaux side and really not affected them in any kind of way, unfortunately. We thought him signing for that club might have been a really nice boost to go over next first season, adding to those young talents of Malcolm, of Unas, of um, uh, Francois Camano as well, and, and the, the likes. It's... It's such a shame that he's really not done anything to either improve those around him or or add to the squad in any really meaningful way. You'd think his experience might rub off on them a little bit, but it, it doesn't seem to have done. Um, unless you're maybe talking about Unessa's attitude, that might be <laughs> might be the only way he might have affected something. But at the same time, it's just it's a shame that he's that they expected a little bit more from him. But the positive is, is it's not really affected the club enormously. They finished well and that was without his help. And I can't really see him staying over the summer if they can offload him. I think he might be one of the first ones to go for them, really, because he's not. He's taking up a squad space almost at this point for, for Bordeaux as they're looking to go younger and quicker more than anything really around those attacking areas. But our winner of this award, and it's probably really unsurprising for either, and that's Hesse, who's... Had a really poor season, really. Is there any arguments for that one? Krakowiak's, well, none of them have had great seasons, but Krakowiak's barely played as well and he stayed around. Is it? Is that justified, that one? I think so. It's Krakowiak's surprising, though, because it, it, he he's someone who when I, Emery had great knowledge of from their time together at Sevilla. So you obviously thought that Emery would have a good assessment of his abilities, and he was decent at rest, but... Yeah, it's it's been that's been surprising, but no, Hesse, given his reputation, given his where he'd come from in Real Madrid, I think that it's definitely the biggest signing or biggest flop signing. Again, yeah. no, nobody really. Um, I, I'm pretty sure this time next season, uh, nobody will even uh, remember uh, Hesse uh, because nobody really knew him. Whereas Kukoviak, once again, I mean, he had played in Liga and he had played for Unai. So it's very close between between uh, both of them. And if you ask any, uh, I, I believe if you, if you ask any uh, PSG fans, they would probably go for the poll because he's played, he started games. Uh, he well, even started Champions League games, important games. Um, and he came in with a reputation, which is sometimes, you know, maybe a bit harder. But I mean, nobody really cares. It was, it's really about. Yeah, well, he he was definitely probably the worst player of the season, but uh, yeah, it's debatable. Yeah, <laughs> that's the not not hard to argue with. Let's we could have a very long conversation about this. <laughs> Let's move on to our, our next one, and we'll we'll probably canter a little bit quicker through these ones of the 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 positional ones of the year, and we'll start with right back of the year. The uh, nominees are Thomas Mounier of PSG, Arnaud Suke of Nice, as well as Ricardo Pereira of Nice, and Drubiel Sivdebay of, Mar- of Monaco. Uh, I'll start with you, Philip, and your man, Thomas Mounier, who's probably been the only real good signing for PSG, at least from the summer transfer window. How surprising has it been for him to outseat Serge Aurier as probably, you would say, in form at least at the moment, Paris Saint-Germain's best right-back? 
Yeah, that's pretty much spot on. Uh, I I do agree with the fact that uh, what you what you just said that um, Munich is probably uh, Unai's only good um, summer uh, summer business. Then of course um, Unai went on to um, went on to sign uh, Julian Draxler, which has been quite uh, quite successful as well. But uh, yeah, Munich has 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 added. He's uh, he's played a bit less minutes than uh, than Serge Aurier in in the league exactly. Same number of, of games, um, but he scored some uh, some some uh, lovely lovely goals, especially uh, I'm thinking about Bale in the Champions League in the away game, and uh, some some other goal I'm, I can't really remember as uh, the league opposition. But a lot of people are quite uh, supportive of the Belgian uh, due to Oye's uh, attitude attitude problem, and it's very it's very difficult because. Um, it's not really clear who who Piaget's best right back is. You you feel like uh, since both have played the same amount of games, uh, the uh, the jury's uh, a bit out. But uh, Munez definitely is the most popular choice. Uh, you know he didn't he, he didn't insult uh, insult his coach. People, I, I believe um, a lot of people in France are extremely um, angry with uh, still and still are angry with uh, with Oye about what what happened on that video on on Twitter. And uh, credit credit to Munier because I mean Oya is a beast and he is a very very good right back as well. Um, but uh, Munier from from being just a simple footballer and going going forward and uh, adding adding uh, the the crosses and, and the strikes to his game has uh, has been a very um, inspiring signing for for Unai in August. Alas, the only one. And- Eric, let's go through the two right-backs at Nice because Ricardo Pereira, as we saw last season, is an excellent fullback that unfortunately we might not see again in Ligue 1 unless one of the bigger clubs go out for him. But also Arnold Suke, who who in his stead when he was injured and when also in later in the season when he was pushed further forward, had a had an excellent season. Is is do you have a preference over the? I'm gonna. It's a bit of an awkward question, but is do you have a preference over the two? Is Pereira done the best, or do you think with how Suke's impressed in his first season with the club, how is he maybe the better? Well, not the better right back, but at least from that seat this season alone. I think Pereira gets the nod because he's 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 been impressed going forward to such an extent. But if we're looking strictly at the position, I think that that Suke has evolved into a more complete player. Pereira is more of an attacking player. He play, often plays a wing back back when the team were playing at 3-5-1-1 or 3-5-2. But Suke has been an orthodox right back in a in a in a 4-2-3-1, in a 4-3-3. He's, he's also played as a center back at times as part of that back three, notably against PSG. And he's shown a real adaptability to fit his talents to into whatever system Lucien Favre had, had asked to play. Uh, he's, you know, he, I'm not saying that Pereira is a one-note player in terms of being an attacking presence, but Suke has that while also still being very, very solid defensively. So both fantastic players, but I think Suke just edges it for me, uh, despite uh, how Pereira might catch the eye a little bit more, thinking particularly about that goal uh, against PSG last month. Yeah, and two excellent right-backs, really. Third, to have both of them on your team can't be too bad of a thing. And another good right-back who a lot of people have kept an eye on is Jibril Sidibe, who has had, a, a, let's say, a, a, we've occasionally said that his defensive issues and lack thereof have really held him back from being a really excellent right-back. But he's still 
really great going forward. He's really added that attacking threat to Monaco in those games, especially in Liga, where it's really added to their threat going forward. He's he's great. He's really unsurprisingly willing to get into those attacking areas and put those crosses in the box to add to the threat they have with Mundi. And having both of those on either side of you from an attacking sense has really added to them this season. And while... He's not the greatest defender. That's possibly why Monaco are more willing to let him go and allow Armani Torre to probably stand in his stead. Um, he still had an excellent season. And if he does remain, and it, it looks like he might do if, if Mendy was to go as well, it, he still is a, a good, solid player that they can still use to, from an attacking point of view, at least, if he can just maybe be a little less eager every so often and sit a little bit further back every so often. He, he might turn into an even better player yet, but a terrific season nonetheless. But the winner of our right-back of the year is uh, Ricardo Pereira of Nice. Um, it would be a shame to not see him anymore because I, I would doubt Porto will let him go for anything other, anything other than a big fee. But was there a better right-back in Liga this season from either of you? No. No, I have I have no. I, I mean, Suke is more complete, but Prayer has been fantastic. No arguments there at all. Yeah, and someone, someone. Good news for the fans as well uh, for Suke being extremely promising and being extremely complete. But uh, Pereira is so much better going going forward, and uh, he's uh, he's basically had a, a better season from from August to May. That's yeah. basically, and again, it's not that you know, it's not that. Uh, um, uh, you know, it's not. Uh, it's quite close. That's what I'm. That's what I'm meaning to say, uh, between Suke and Pereira. But to to me, to me, Pereira edges it, um, but not not as comfortably as as uh, one one may think. I think Suke is very underrated and has gone pretty much under the radar from a lot of uh, a lot of uh, Ligue 1 viewers, and that uh, he'll impress a lot of people uh, next season. Yeah, and that's the real hope. And, and I'm pretty certain yeah. that someone, someone, a bigger team will pick up Ricardo Pereira and be very, very happy with what they're getting as well. When Nice at least have someone to step into his role next season, which is a real plus. Um, and, and maybe Brazil. And, and maybe even Brazil. Yeah, that will be a great news for him as well. Um, moving on to our next award, and that's centre back of the year. And we have someone on this list who's already retweeted about becoming signing of the season at least. And that's Camille Glick again, nominated in this category, along with Loic Perran of Saint-Étienne, Paul Bias of Nice, and Thiago Silva of Paris Saint-Germain. So we've already mentioned the uh, Monaco defender quite a bit, and we all know his positives. But let's go on to Perran and Eric. And yet again, another solid, if underwhelming season for Perran from his own personal point of view of Saint-Étienne, really not having the greatest season. But with a, a rotating cast around him, he's still been that solid base where they can really build from, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, he's just someone who's consistent. He doesn't make mistakes. He doesn't give away dangerous free kicks. He doesn't get booked. He's just a complete defender. He's good in the air. He's a weapon at set pieces. He has leadership and presence in terms of his intangible qualities. Again, as we discussed the other week, it's amazing he's not gotten a cap for France and another solid season. I think Glick has been better, but Perrin certainly deserves to be on this list as he does just about every year. Yeah, I always keep dreaming that Laurent Perrin might be, might find out he's English one day and we might get to spare him for the last couple of years. Um, I'll do, t- take on Paul Bice, who's surprisingly on this list, even though he's probably played only about half the season, but that also probably tells you how important he is to Nice. And especially in that back three at the start of the season, I thought he was excellent and really... 
those three of Dante and, and Saar and himself really balanced the team out and allowed someone like Ricardo Pereira to excel and, and Dalbert on the other side as well. It was such a shame that he got so many little niggling injuries throughout the season that that meant they had to abandon the three at the back and then that also knocked Saar possibly out of his rhythm as well and really when he dipped in form that meant Bice had to come back into a four, well, into a back four essentially. He still did really well as well but it would have been really nice to have a more consistent season in a sense for him to be more on the field on a more regular basis. If we'd have seen him more, I think he would have possibly been in more contention than I feel probably he's the outsider looking in, but it's, it's a shame that we didn't see more of him. And, and there is discussions from a number of different Ligue 1 clubs taking him on with his contracts being out. I wouldn't be surprised to see him in Ligue 1 or stay there next season as well. Um, final one on this list, and it's possibly a surprising one to many, uh, Philip, and that's Thiago Silva. Uh, how do you rate the Brazilian season? I think a lot of people will be, will be um, mis misinterpreting this uh, this vote for Thiago Silva's season, not not Thiago Silva's Liga season, uh, because of um, the uh, disaster that happened at, at the new Camp. But in Liga, it's been you know same old, same old. Uh, uh, <laughs> it it didn't didn't even look like he was trying too hard, but he wasn't perfect, but he's still still pretty damn still pretty damn good. So that's that's probably why he's on this list. Yeah, and there's, there's no denying at the same time that on his day, Thiago Silva, with all the physical gifts as well as the knowledge he has as a defender, he can be absolutely terrific, but it's probably been a slightly more down year for him, at least, anyway. Um, which, if you still get nominated, that still not, can't be a bad thing, at least. Um, so the winner of this award, and it's, it's second of the night, unsurprisingly, is the Polish international Camille Glick. So if you are listening, Camille, uh, please feel free to retweet that one when we tweet that award out for you. Congratulations again. So left back of the year now, and that's another really competitive little section looking at the nominees again. It's Benjamin Mondi of, of Monaco, uh, Marcel of Gangomp, Dalbert of Nice, and Lucas Lima of Nol. And I'll start with you, Eric, with Marcel, who, again, Gangomp had a really great start to the season, but faded quite quickly. But he was, would you say he's probably their best player of the season? If you maybe, maybe Brion might have an argument for that, but he's really up there, isn't he? No, Marcel's been incredible. I, I, I do think that Brian's been better because of his intent, his intangibles, his leadership, being the captain. But yeah, I think that this is another fantastic example of a of Gangkamp following in the footsteps of, of the likes of Anis and, and a Monaco and bringing in these players from the Portuguese league. Uh, thinking of 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 Seri, of Pereira, uh, and and others, and and being really impressive. It's it's a a path that's becoming increasingly well trodden by the league on sides. There's very, very good value in that Portuguese league, and, and Marçal is, is no exception to that. And Whether he can be signed permanently remains to be seen. He's not exactly young. I think he's 27 or 28, uh, so perhaps there's something to be said there that if he's at a point in his career where he feels he can he continue to take a step forward with Gangam, he can do that, but I'm sure he's got no shortage of admirers at other clubs given how well he performed for the Breton side. Yeah, um, I... There must be a couple of, especially league and clubs higher up in those sort of Europa League places who's keeping their eyes on him. Um, Philip Dalbert, again, another niche player on these awards. He's had a, a really terrific season as well and is really impressed out of out of nowhere, it almost seems. And Could you argue again that he, he was maybe one of Nice's best players this season? Well, no. Go ahead, <laughs> no. that's fine. It's um, it's 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 quite hard. And like and like Ricardo Pereira, I don't think he had uh, some kind of uh, any kind of competition at uh, left back or left wing because Nice were playing uh, sometimes a three five two. Um, 
and um, no, it's it, yeah, it is it is extremely hard to to see to to see any fault to to this guy's this guy's game. First of all, he's played a lot of games. Uh, he's uh, very very rarely been uh, been subbed. Uh, he's got a uh, quite an impressive uh, disciplinary record for a defender with uh, with seven yellow cards and um just yeah not much not much to 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 get to good at critics from in this podcast from from del Enrique, another great fan by uh, by Lucien Favre. Mm, yeah and really complimented um that especially in the first half of the season with Pereira on one side and Delbert they had a really nice balance those wings as well um Eric I'll, I'll I'll let you take the final fullback as well at least and that's Lucas Lima I know you've quite enjoyed for the last couple of years at least hey in that Nantes side that really recovered in the second half of the season under Concesao was he a key cog in them really starting to generate some sort of momentum where they really struggled in the first say three months of the season yeah, I think the way that Conte Sal's adapted that that four four two, it's almost like a Monaco like, given how dynamic those fullbacks are. Uh, Lima is good going forward. He's good at free kicks. Uh, he's fairly solid defensively, uh, and with how Dubois has grown on the opposite flank as well, I think that gives Monaco that ability to to really dominate in wide areas going. Or sorry, that gives uh, not the ability to dominate going forward in wide areas. And it's it's been really impressive to watch the growth of both those players. But Lima absolutely absolutely belongs on this list. Uh, a really impressive season, and if not, can keep hold of him. I think that again with a number of other players, I think the Europa League under Conte Sal is a real possibility next year, despite the money coming into the league uh, in the form of Marseille in the form of Lille. And finally, the winner of the left back of the year is the man that we've not mentioned, which is Benjamin Mondi. Um, he's had a terrific season. I, I, can you really argue that someone was better than him this season, either of you? Close. Again, Dalbert didn't really put a foot wrong. I can understand how uh, Mendy wins this one. But um, yeah, Dalbert was uh, was quite exceptional as well. Uh, so, was, so was Marcel. It, it's a close one between Mendy and Dalbert, but uh, I think uh, the French manager is it. Yeah, uh, it, it would be a shame to see him go if he does end up heading to Manchester City, but he's had an absolutely terrific season. Uh, central midfielder now of the year, and this this is a really strong category looking at the nominees. Uh, that's Fabinho of Monaco, uh, Jean-Michel Seri of Nice, Timue Bakayoko of Monaco as well, and Marco Verratti of PSG. Um, I'll start with Fabinho because I love Fabinho. <laughs> As I've maybe just declared a couple of times this season. I think he's been terrific. Um, in all honesty, you can maybe make an argument for Glick for me, but I think Fabinho has been the most important player to the way that Monaco play this season and how they've succeeded because he's so dynamic in that midfield role that he's he's pretty much had only a season at, which is crazy to think about of how good he is in that role. He works he's got such a great defensive mind you can watch him when he plays he's rotating his head so often he's looking where the issues are he's covered for Sidibe so many times that it's really become almost a joke and, and the fact that, that he's helped him that much has really probably highlighted the right back as well he's got a great defensive mind his positional sense is great he's got a great little ability to find the right kind of pass the right kind of player he's got a great switch of play he's got a great long ball he can take penalties. He's only he finally missed one uh, near the end of this season as well. And he's added a couple of goals where he's come into the box late. And the fact that he can also play right back and was good at that last season uh, kind of says how good this he is. I think 
I hope he doesn't go. I really doesn't. Uh, really don't, especially with Bernardo Silva going. But I think he's still a perfect player for Pep Guardiola, and Manchester City. He sits in that role where Fernandinho is perfectly if they needed to. If they preferred him at right back, and he can also sort of do the inverted right back style that sometimes Pep likes to employ, he'd be perfect at that. He'd be ideal for that kind of club. And I think he's been sensational this season. That It's such a tight category as well, because Eric, I'm going to go on to Jean-Michel Serri, who's been linked with Barcelona this summer. Um, but that's just telling you how good he's been this year, hasn't it? Absolutely. And it's a, and linked to Barcelona it tells the story of an evolution. This player was unquestionably a defensive midfielder prior to coming to Nice. And when he first arrived, he was definitely solidly a defensive midfielder. He wasn't the box-to-box dynamic presence that he's become. He wasn't the goal-scoring threat. He wasn't the creative player. And this is a player who, even into his mid-20s, is continuing to grow, continuing to evolve, becoming an important player for the Ivory Coast as well. And it's really impressive to see see him do that, especially since when Cyprian season was over, Sarri, Sarri's continued to take on an improved and expanded role in the team in attack and, and been, that thing, been that force that keeps... Nice ticking over, and it's been a really impressive season for him. And you know, were it not for Fabinho, I, I think that he would be uh, my my nominee for this or my winner for this category. Philip, we've mentioned one of those midfield pair of Monaco, and the other one is Timui Bakayoko. Uh, he's had a really great season as well, hasn't he? It's difficult to compare the, uh, the aforementioned two and, uh, and Bakayoko. Bakayoko is much more um, uh, defensive-minded than uh, both of them. Fabinho is more box-to-box, and um, and Seri is uh, well, not not exactly um, ca- can be described as well as um, as a box-to-box. I mean, playing uh, on a on a flat three of a of a midfield three, um, but uh, Bakayoko has uh, indeed excelled and. Not really surprisingly, because we've seen the season he's had last season in 2015-16. Uh, for, for example, Arsenal fan would uh, would remember as being a, a rock in front of the defence, and he's done he's done that. He's done exactly that, uh, sitting in front of the defence and adding a bit of a forward passing to to his game, but being uh, being a great uh, a great shielder of the of uh, Gleek and Jemison. So. I mean, he belongs in, on on this list, but it's very hard to to compare them with the with uh, with the other two who have been ridiculously good. And he, unfortunately for him, he probably with that finally a full season under his belt sort of slowed down in the last couple of games, and that maybe is to his downfall. But finally on this list, I'm going to throw it back to you, Philip, obviously because he's a Paris Saint Germain man, and that's Marco Verratti, who's an absolute fabulous footballer to watch, but. Is he maybe slightly behind the rest of this, the, the nominees in this category, at least for this season? Yeah, definitely. It's a bit. Uh, I mean, uh, it's a bit like Chego Silva. I mean, it's been same old, same old. It's been a lot of uh, lots of uh, taking the ball, um, uh, doing doing some uh, some flicks between uh, between midfield opposition, and uh, getting getting the pass through, which has been uh, has been great uh, to see. Which has always been great to see. Um, but uh, now there has been some uh, speculation that he wants to go to a more to a, a club that goes further into Champions League that has um, probably a better mentality, and who can blame him? Um, and uh, and Una, and there's a club has apparently said that so you know some reinforcements are are available this uh, this summer. But I I honestly don't think he's had his best season for for PSG, and that he can play much much better. And yes, he I mean he he. He may be the fourth best midfielder in Liga, but the other three have had much, much better seasons. 
Mm, and at least the best thing I can say about Marco Verratti as well, especially this season, is he is really a big game player. He does tend to play. He's not one of those ones to shirk the responsibility in a big game. At least he tends to try his best to control games. And sometimes he's un- unplayable, but it, he's facing really stiff competition this season. And I think he does little- deliver against, against weak opposition. I mean, there, there are some players yeah. like that who, who don't deliver. But, uh, I mean, even if they're playing Trois Lorient, Verratti is, is still delivers and still has some very high-quality performance. So in that, in that respect, he's a, he's a real pro. Which is not that, you know, the same cannot be said for the whole squad of PSG. <laughs> I think, yeah, I don't think he epitomises the rest of the squad. Mm. But the winner of our award, and it's probably least surprising because I think Eric alluded to who he would vote for, and that is Fabinho of Monaco. It's very hard to argue with anyone else. Well, you could possibly have Seri in there, but that he's been, the Brazilian has been terrific, hasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, I can't really say much else. It's, yeah. No. <laughs> Let's move on then to attacking midfielder of the year. And again, another really nice competitive little uh, group here. And the nominees are Bernardo Silva of Monaco, now of Manchester City, of course. Uh, Riyad Boudibouz of Montpellier. Thomas Lamar of Monaco and Florian Tovan of Marseille. And, and Eric, I'll throw it to you first for Bernardo Silva. Um, it's a shame to see him go, and I think we all shed a little bit of a tear for him to go. Maybe me a little bit more that it was the club that he's gone to as well. But it, he's been sensational throughout his time in Ligue 1, and, and last season was no exception. Yeah, this is a player who uh, had a decent decent return in terms of goals and assists this year, hitting double figures in both across all competitions. But it doesn't tell the story. I think this isn't a player who's relying on pace. This isn't a player who's a one-note dribbler. This isn't a player who's all about creativity. This is a player who's supremely adaptable and can a- approach a match and attack a match and influence a match in a number of different ways, in a number of different, different situations. That his ability to see the see the game holistically and to make a difference, whether he's being played off a central striker striker in a four four one one, wide on the right, right on the left even centrally in a 4-3-3, as he had been when he was first coming through with Monaco, has just been really tremendous to watch his rise. And I, I wrote a piece on the site saying that I think he might be Manchester City's best attacking player. And I took quite a bit of flack, especially from people in support of Kevin De Bruyne and David Silva. But I, I, I stand by that. I think that his intelligence when it comes to reading a game and, and seeing how it can be best influenced is it's unparalleled, and I think he's been the best player in the game this year, and I think that he's fully deserving of not only a nomination, but winning this award. Yeah, and I will stand on the hills with you, Eric, and defend you, but while that might get me some flack, I think he's been terrific. I, I will take the next one, and that's Riyad Boudibouz, who I've, I've mentioned a few times this season, and I think he's an excellent player. Um, Montpellier have had an up-and-down season that's been mostly down, really, but he when they were excelling at their best, was absolutely terrific. He's such a, a great player on the ball. He he makes great decisions. He's got wonderful feet as well. He's got great but close ball control. He scores goals. He creates goals. He's got great free kicks and, and uh, corners as well. He's a great crosser of the ball. He's just got a little bit of everything. And, and I mentioned in a, in a piece before January that he was maybe a budget pie for someone in the in the Premier League or someone especially now higher up in Ligue 1 as well like a likes of a Lille who've got a little bit more spending money this summer must be looking out for someone like him I think he's perfect for Lille actually that someone adding that creative flair to a team that needs something like that this summer 
he's not going to cost enormous amount either. I'd, I can't imagine Montpellier will fight too hard to get too much for him. He, he might be already halfway out the door with how well he's playing. Um, he's had a less, his second half of the season has been less good, but at the same time, there's not been many players around him at Montpellier that have done too great. I think Mooney, Mounier and, uh, and the, a few others have maybe stepped up occasionally, but he's really a leading light for that kind of club. And when you see a player like that, he deserves really a step up next season. But while he's maybe not deserving of this award, I think all three of the other players in this award have maybe a little bit higher up on the list. He's definitely been a, had an excellent season and will go on to do great things as well, I think. He's, he's still about 24, 25, so he's still got enough gas in the tank to really push on to the next level, maybe. Um, Philip? Thomas Lamar, he's had an excellent season yet again. He slowly made his way into the France squad as well. He's probably got a future there as well. Um, how good has he been? He's um, the, the thing um, pretty bad with Thomas Lamar is that he's only going to be compared to his opposite number, Bernardo Silva, uh, who is uh, a more uh, intelligent uh, player tactically and uh, probably technically. So Lamar has scored some absolutely wonderful goals. He's added uh, great power and pace to his game. Uh, probably his best season since he started as a as a football. He he, I mean, he is a great. He was a great catch from Monaco again. The scouting network network has been fantastic, taking him from uh, Stade Malherbe de Caen. Um, but he's always going to be uh, compared to, to Bernardo Silva. He is, and uh, people will say, yeah, but Bernardo Silva is a is a better player, which a bit downgrades his um, his season, uh, which I think is a bit you know it's a bit unfair because he's once again his best season ever. Uh, Monaco will be quite lucky if, if he does stay now that uh, Bernardo Silva is has been has been sold. So. Not much, uh, yeah. Not much else to, uh, not much else to say. It's been, it's been a very, very good season from him, and I don't think uh, he he gets enough of uh, enough of the spotlight as he should. And Eric, the final nominee, Florian Tovan. We talked to Mo about him last week as well, how he sort of matured and, and grown into the role. But he has probably been Marseille's best player this season, hasn't he? Yeah. Uh... <laughs> I, honestly, I think Bafé Gomes has been. Marseille's best player. His goal record in terms of minutes played and and the leadership he's brought to that team has been very impressive. But has Florian Tovan improved to the point where he deserves to be a nominee this award? Yes. I'm not sure about him being a, a regular with France, but he's he's certainly knocking at at, at, at cusp and is in, in the conversation much more than he has been. And this is a player who's flattered to deceive for much of his career. He had a great half season at Bastia four years ago. And sort of partly that into being the next big thing. He underwhelmed at Marseille. He underwhelmed at Newcastle. Uh, even last season, he wasn't that great. But how he's come on, especially in the second half of the season, uh, he deserves this award. He deserves this nomination. Uh, and hopefully, he can continue to improve uh, along with the club going into next season and playing in Europe. Yeah, he certainly wants to build around for the future as well. He's really started to connect with the Marseille fans, really, unlike he has done at any club, really. Um, the winner of the attacking midfielder of the year from GFFN is, unsurprisingly, Bernardo Silva. It's a shame to see, uh, like I said earlier, to see him go, but we've had an absolute pleasure watching him for the last couple of seasons. And may, he may be, he, I want him to have a certain level of success at City, but not too much of a success personally he can go as well as he likes but try not to win too many trophies from my beloved Manchester United please Bernardo I love you so much um, let's move on to striker of the year and another competitive character uh, Edison Cavani our top scorer at PSG 
at Falcao and Kylian Mbappe, both of Monaco, and Alexandre Lacazette of Lyon. Uh, Philip, I'll go to you first for the Uruguayan, who mm-hmm. had a little bit of an indifferent first half of the season, even though he was scoring plenty of goals. He was missing quite a few as well, but it's hard to deny someone who scored so many goals this season and there's really I thought been much better in the second half as well from being one of the best in the league isn't it so there's been some missed opportunities I don't make that much of a difference between the first half his first half of the season and his second half of the season um it's it's been basically um him being downgraded as you'll never be as good as Latan even if you score 100 goals this season which he almost did um and just uh, uh, missing missing those, those those opportunities in big games against Arsenal uh, just goes to show that he just cannot do anything. Well, and no matter how many he scores, he'll be he'll be criticised for missing this, missing that, not being uh, uh, not being able to score in in the big games and so on and so forth. Even though he scored against Arsenal and uh, he scored against Barcelona, I mean, which are who are who are no um, no mugs or or actually who were no mugs. So, yeah, uh, another um, terrific, terrific uh, season from from Cavani, but he won't get his recognition because people will say, well, you know, he's been playing with the best midfield, the best wingers, he's been playing with Di Maria, Draxler, Lucas, etc. Um, but he's he's delivered. I mean, it's it's it's, it's completely um, useless to to argue this. Uh, his goal totally speaks for for himself. He's he's absolutely delivered. So a great season from him. Yeah, and it's hard to argue with that. And I'll take on the two Monaco forwards who've both had different kinds of seasons in the sense of where they were to start off the season, but both have been absolutely terrific in, in different ways. Falcao had a, such a difficult time of it, both with his final bit of a season with Monaco, obviously with the knee injuries, then going to the Premier League and, and he struggled with Manchester United. He struggled possibly even more with Chelsea and a number of people throwing out that he's done, he's, he's finished and... He's had a really great bounce back season to finish second top scorer in Lee. Well, uh, sorry, third top scorer behind uh, Lacazette as well with 21 goals. It's such a really, really well, uh, uplifting thing to see from the Colombian because we've seen how terrific he was for Atletico Madrid and that first season in Monaco as well, where he really just used to score goals for fun and that knee injury really seemed to cripple him. But he's bounced back to a wonderful degree and, and is deserving of not only a nomination, but to be. A title winner must be such a relief for the for the man, and hopefully, well, it seems like his career is going to stick with Monaco now, and that's a great thing to see to someone that we thought possibly was at least when he initially signed, people were saying he was he was too good for Monaco, but they seem to have leveled down, and it's nice to see him really have a comeback season like that. And obviously, the youngster Mbappe has been uh, terrific, it, no, nothing short of that, a, a sensation, a whirlwind. Um, there's so many ways to describe this young lad. He's been a breath of fresh air. Is probably the best way to put it. At the start, of the, at the very end of last season, we saw little glimpses of it. The start of this season as well, before the sort of winter break, he was still not quite in the side. He would play the occasional games here. He'd still score a few, but he wouldn't start games. I think uh, I can't. Uh, I don't want to quote myself but I'm pretty sure I was mentioning he should be starting because I really like the the style he brings to Monaco but I don't want to make myself seem like a too much of it too much I'm trying to heap glory myself but he was absolutely terrific and once he hit the ground and once he gained the confidence that of starting every game he was absolutely sensational he's unstoppable he's a he's a great goal scorer he's great at creating his own goals as well as as making them for, well making the space for others or or 
pulling something out of another thing, he's going to be a very, very special talent. And it's not surprising that so many clubs are willing to possibly stump up so much money for him if he's to go this summer. Uh, Eric, I'll give you the last one as he's obviously a Leon player and a, a Leon legend possibly would also say in Alexandre Lacazette. He looks like, well, it's pretty much certain he's going somewhere this summer, but he's been a terrific servant and one final excellent season from him, wasn't it? Yeah, in terms of the goal return, in terms of his ability to involve his teammates, uh, his defensive work ethic, he's a player who, I think we've said this before, he was somewhat divided as a poacher earlier in his career. He played on the wing as well. But I think being a central striker, being played on his own, he's continued to mature, continued to improve. And I think he delivered as much as he could for for Leon. But given that team's defensive issues, given that team's uh, managerial issues, it's no surprise that he's decided to to end his career there. But uh, what a career it's been. And uh, again, fully deserving of a nomination here, uh, uh, without doubt. Yeah, and our Liga striker of the year is Alexandre Lacazette of Lyon, and congratulations to him. Is that maybe that maybe a controversial one in from anyone's eyes? Maybe Cavani in there, but there is a list of terrific strikers. To be fair, no, I would have gone with Cavani. Yeah, for some reason, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um, I can fully understand Lacazette uh, not having the uh, the same quality around in and around him. He has been. Uh, exceptional. I, I wouldn't have gone really for the Monaco players because they've already won too many awards this evening anyway. So, uh, and I'm pretty sure there's more to come later, later tonight. So, um, yeah, to me, it's uh, Cavani edges it. Mm. But, but maybe others will disagree. Mm. It's a, it's a very close race, I think, between all f- four of them. I, I agree with you, Eric, in the sense, oh, Philip, sorry, in the sense that. Cavani's goal tally maybe probably should just edge it, but uh, I can understand this also that Lacazette has had a terrific season and that sentimental value of um, mm. possibly leaving Liga has maybe just edged it for him on some people's views. But uh, who are we to argue with the audience and our own colleagues as well? Never mind. Um, mm. On to uh, what will, will be a quick category, I think, and, and that's French Footballer of the Year playing abroad. Um, the, the nominees were N'Golo Kante, Hugo Lloris of Tottenham, uh, Ousmane Dembele of Borussia Dortmund and Moussa Dembele of Celtic. Um, just out of that list, uh, Eric, is there anyone you could pick out as being terrific? I mean, we saw Dembele last season as well at, at Rennes. He was sensational. I think I think Kante. I mean, there's no way to argue how he completes a midfield, winning two different ti- winning a title with two different teams in, in a difficult league in England. Uh Absolutely. I think that he's, and he's also made himself an unquestioned starter for the national team in that time period. No, from where he was three or four seasons ago to, you know, being looked at as one of the best players in what's considered by many to be the best league in the world. Yeah, absolutely. There's no argument. I mean, Lloris has continued to be impressive, but in Dembele, both Dembele's have, have, I think, improvement ahead of them. But for right now, yeah, there's no question it's Conte. Philip, do you agree with that? Yep. Well, (laughs) they both are excellent predictors because N'Golo Conte is our French footballer of the year playing abroad. Congratulations to him on a fantastic season and winning the title with Chelsea as well. The first player to win, well, outfield player at least, to win the title with two different teams in two two consecutive seasons. We'll move on now to our breakout star of the year. Uh, this one's a really interesting character. I think there's a few decent, interesting players in here, and that's Steve Mounier of, of Montpellier, 
Royce Dioni of Dijon, Malang Sarr of Nice, and Presno Kimpembe of PSG. Eric, I'll start with you and, and Steve Mooney. I know you're a big fan of the striker. He's had a really excellent sort of coming-of-age season, hasn't he? Yeah, I mean, this is a player who had, through injuries and and other players ahead of him, he's really in his second season of professional football. He spent last season on loan at Nîmes, did really well there uh, for a middling league deux side. He's come up to Montpellier and really been their saving grace with his goals all season. Uh, he's an incredible threat in the air, but he's also quick. He's versatile. He can play on the wing. He can play alongside another striker. He can play by himself. Uh, good finisher. Yeah, just an incredible season. He's been linked with West Brom most prominently. Uh, whether he does stay with Montpellier or, or take a step to a different club, I think he'll continue to succeed and continue to improve. A fantastic player, and I think that he's got – a lot more development ahead of him, considering uh, he he will be 23 this this, this year. But uh, again, only his second full full season in professional football. I think that we can look at him as being, you know, along the lines of Timu Bakayoko, a player who is not exactly that young in the world of football, but uh, through a lack of experience, due to circumstance, not talent, uh, still has a lot of development to come. And really impressive season for him. And another player, another striker at least, who's had a really excellent season is, is Lois Dioni um, of Dijon. And I've been really impressed with him this season. I think he's got the goal now that you really need in Ligue 1 as well. And his, his speed, his ability to find his ways in behind defences has really impressed me. And the, the goal tally for a club like that, who's not, is more attacking minded than some of those down, down there, but doesn't have the great necessarily creative threat all the time. Um, I think he's been terrific. I think there's a reason why a number of, especially league and clubs higher up, have been looking at him. Uh, I know we've mentioned a number of those top half teams all probably vying for his services in the summer. I think he will go somewhere. Um, I think he will add goals to wherever he goes. If I th- would really like to see him in a club higher up, maybe a Saint-Étienne, a Lille, um, a Rennes, just to, just to see how many goals he can score with a, with a little bit more of a, a stronger side and, and a little bit more of a... Um, dynamism around him whether he can really push sort of the 15 20 goal season mark which would be really really impressive and really push one of those teams that are struggling really for goals on a consistent basis anyway to that next level um if he can do that he's he he, i have a feeling he can and i i've been really impressed with him let's talk two young centre-backs really now philip in in malang sar and presno kimpembe let's go with the nice man first who had a sensational first half of the season, but a couple of mistakes here and there in the second half. He was pulled out of the lineup. He he barely played in that that sort of after the winter break. Um, is it disappointing to see him fall off as as well? And then moving on to Kempembe after that, he's shown him flashes at least how great he really could be in the future. Well, uh, what I what I hope is that he didn't uh, he didn't just uh, stop. Um... Uh, stop being good just because he signed a professional contract. I don't think that's that's the reason. I honestly don't think so. I think he had a great start to the season. He was uh, probably a bit uh, um, on the on the tiring side, and uh, maybe all these games took took their toll. And uh, you know, you, you can forgive the young lad for having uh, one one good half of the season and one bad half of the season. And it wasn't even that bad. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't terrible uh, because because it's the standards of his play uh, alongside Dante. Um, was that he was uh, he was so good, and I think he uh, he actually excelled playing in this in this back three, and probably doesn't really uh, do that well in uh, in a in a back four. That's uh, my uh, uh, my interpretation of his, of his season. 
and very quickly, I also on Kimpembe. He he was excellent in that game in Barcelona, wasn't he, Philip? But uh, well, against Barcelona, sorry, in in, uh, yeah. in Paris, and he's it would have been nice to have him on the at Barcelona. Yeah, if if only. Um, yeah. Is he possibly going to push for a starting place next season, much like Marquinhos has in the past? Well, yeah, I hope so because I mean, once again, Thiago Silva has been—it's always been same old, same old. And uh, let's face it, the guy is going to be playing even though, even when he's uh, even when he's injured, unless he's really injured, just like against Barcelona. And uh, Marquinhos has shown that he's uh, he's a bit fragile. We saw him against Angers; he wasn't. You know, he wasn't, uh, shall we say, uh, a sovereign against uh, Tokre Kambi or the likes of Nicolas Pepe. I don't know. I just, I, I can actually see as uh, the as uh, a future being um, being. Um, so you see with uh, Kim Pembe. It's a great, yeah, it's a great competition for Marquinhos. It's good. It's good that um, a young player is coming up through the ranks, an academy, academy, sorry, player, um, coming in there and uh, saying, okay, I want to play games too. And there's a club giving him giving him his chance. It's quite yeah, it's uh, it's it's all very exciting, and uh, I think he deserves um, to win. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I think you're hitting on something that a lot of uh, teams of sometimes bigger t- clubs, at least anyway, where we buy so many players that it's really nice when one young player from your academy breaks through and and makes an impact. It's really really exciting. It reinvigorates football almost. I always think uh, the winner of our breakout star of the year is Luis Dioni of Dijon. He's had a an excellent season. It's a competitive category, isn't it? It, it, it? Could you argue? You could really argue for any of those, couldn't you? Yeah, I think Dioni, given given how he's impressed with the promoted side playing attacking football, which is not an easy thing to do, I, I think is a really impressive and complete player who's made the step up. I can make an argument for, as you mentioned, any of these players, but I think that given that Saar and, and Kempembe haven't been the first team regulars that Mounier and, and Dioni have been, I think that Dioni probably makes the most sense at this point in time. And the, all certainly players to keep an eye out for, as well as some of the others in our last, well, last three categories are going to be our big ones, really. And we'll start with manager of the year. Um, I'll take the first one, and that's, uh, oh, I'll tell you the nominees first, that might help. And that's Lucian Favre of Nice, Leonardo Jardim at Monaco, uh, Bernard Cassoni of Lorient, which might. Really? Yeah, it seems like a very strange one now. I don't know how that one slipped through the net. But, um, the guy got relegated. Strange. Yes. <laughs> it, what a terrific season he had. Um, well, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, Jocelyn Gorbanek of uh, Bordeaux. We, we might skip Cassoni, I think. I don't know how that one slipped through. Probably. probably uh, <laughs> I'll take Lucian Favre first, who's been uh, sensational for Nice. Uh, if this is the only season he's having, because there are big links to Borussia Dortmund, should Tuchel leave, which is looking more than likely, it'd be, it, he probably might go to a club like that, because that's a really big really big club to go to and a really exciting one as well but he's done a sensational job he was excellent at, at glad back in the past and won a bad half of a season and he decided to leave it but with nice he's i can't believe that a team that we thought was superb last season finishing fourth he's got further and even challenged for that title and we're still within touching distance with about maybe a month or two left which is absolutely insane for the club of that means is they've got a little bit more money but at the same time they didn't have the time to bring a load of players in. They've got a load of academy players or young players and and blended a squad really nicely in different tactical setups as well for the 3-5-2s, the 4-2-3-1s, the 4-3-3s. They never really 
other than maybe one or two games sort of slid out of form in, the, in any of those formations. And that's really a tremendous thing to say. And they beat uh, they beat PSG at home. They beat Monaco at home. They drew with PSG away. That's three sensational results against the teams around them. And all credit to him for building a squad that had a had a structure at least of a, of a decent side, but someone we expected to sort of slip maybe to the Europa League places, maybe just outside that. But he's absolutely done an absolutely magnificent job. There's no doubt about it. And it it's hard to argue whether there's someone really better than him. But if there's one man, Eric... It's possibly Leonardo Jardim, who has had a couple of years at Monaco and had a reputation, well, at the start at least, he was more of an attacking manager abroad, but this Monaco side has been possibly seen more as a defensive side for the last few years, but he's made a attacking juggernaut, hasn't he? Yeah, it's it's been amazing. You know, Earlier in the season, this team was looking a little bit wobbly as they advanced through Champions League qualifiers, perhaps getting the rub of the green in terms of injuries that Villarreal had in that in that playoff round but the more the season's gone on the more they've coalesced the more that we've seen improvements across the squad and and yeah I, I don't think there's any any higher praise we could give Jardim at this point in time he's been absolutely phenomenal I think that there's something to be said obviously for Favre's achievements given the injuries he's had to suffer and the financial restraints he's had but to do what Jardim has done against the financial power of PSG, as well as on the European stage, I think he absolutely needs to be considered the front-runner for this award. Incredible season. Yeah, and I'm going to very quickly skip over Cassoni because he's been relegated. He absolutely does not really deserve to be on this list. I think Conte Sao should quite comfortably be ahead of him, but well, that's a topic for another time, at least. Philip, Jocelyn Govanek, he... Was expected to really, we expected him to do good things after his stint at Gangon, where he really excelled. And it might have been a tough first half of the season, but he's really come on strong the second half in it, with a young, exciting side that could even get better, even with the money around him. How how good has his season been? I mean, Govinic's a good manager, okay. Um, he uh, he basically steadied, uh, not exactly a sinking ship, but a ship that's just keep being you know, uh, in the middle of the sea, not going anywhere. And uh, he's made them a bit better than, than last season, which is not that easy to do, uh, given that uh, Menez didn't deliver. He made uh, Unas um, a much better player. He made uh, the team ticks. He made he made Bordeaux sometimes um, uh, good to watch, but most of the time it's been it's been very pushy. It's been very, uh, very tepid. And uh, you, you do you do expect better, but I'm... Let's let's give him the benefit of the doubt because it's been his first season, but more is expected of him, uh, given his talent and given Bordeaux's resources and the uh, the pull the club the club has. But let's face it, the guy is uh, does not belong on the list and on the same list as Favon Jardim, and to be honest, nobody does. So it's not really it's not really his fault. He may be uh, he may be third best manager, I'm so some kind of a best of the rest, but um, people are expecting more of him and of Bordeaux. Mm. And yeah, this I think this has always probably been, even since about December time, a, a fight between Favre and Jardim. And our manager of the year is the Portuguese man, Leonardo Jardim. Congratulations to him. It's been a well, it's been a toss-up between the two of them, really. You could quite comfortably argue either way, but the fact that Jardim was fighting on so many fronts for so long, since since August when they were doing the, well, a, a very early August when they were doing the initial Champions League qualification as well, it's been an absolutely sensational season to be in a Coupe, de, a Coupe de League final, Coupe de France semis, win the Liga and get to the Champions League semi-finals as well. It's been a sensational season for the manager who 
hopefully will stick around at least for another season, but is going to get a big, big job at some point in this future. I, I can't imagine him not, especially at his still young age, really, to be fair for a manager. Um, on to young player of the year now, and this is for players under the age of tw- or 21 or under. The four in this category are Issa Diop of Toulouse, uh, Kylian Mbappe of Monaco, Yoris Nyanyon of San, uh, Rennes, and Lucas Toussaint of Lyon. Um, I'll go with Issa Diop first because I- I've written a few times about him this season and I've seen Toulouse a number of times. He's an excellent young defender, really. There, there's a there's a number we've already mentioned, Sark and Pembe. Nyanyon will mention later as well. He's an excellent young defender. But Diop is, is I really like his style. He, he's got a little bit of pace. Um, he's he's. I really like him on the ball as well. He maybe makes a couple of difficult decisions. He maybe needs to be a little bit more consistent with his long term pass, long range passing at least. But he's comfortable with it at his feet. He's strong in the air. He's great at covering when needs be. Him and Christophe Julian work so excellently together as well as a partnership. They really complement each other. With with uh, Julian maybe being a bit more of this sort of uh, aggressive style of defender. I really like him, and I, there's links to him with uh, RB Leipzig um, putting a, I think it was a 12 million euro offer in early this month. Um, he might go somewhere like that. That's a really interesting move for him. Champions League football will be a massive step up for him um, in that defence. I think he'd be a really added bonus to them if he does join that club. Hopefully, he stays in Ligue 1, really. And again, this is a player that Marseille, that Leon should be targeting if they're looking they're both looking for centre backs this season. He's exactly the kind of player they need. A French player as well, possibly a future French international if he carries on, although that's such a competitive market. He's definitely in that conversation. But we've oh, if does anyone want to take Mbappe and add more superlatives of, on what we've already said? Is there more to say? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think we'll move on to Nanyon then, uh, Philip. And he's, we've talked to Rich a few times about him and how really exceptional he's been for Ren and what has been a really tepid season for them. He's a really exciting prospect, isn't he? Um, just, uh, it has come to my attention that Ren has actually won their CFA group, CFA being the fourth division, a regionalized uh, division. Of course, they're not going to go up because they can't. They can't, but uh, this just shows that Rennes do have some kind of academy and a lot of uh, um, exciting and bright young players coming through the rank. And Nengno, I think, is yeah, is is one of the best. Um, to me, is not um, um, probably probably not had the same level as uh, as Malang Sa could have had, uh, but uh, still uh, still a very solid season from from the guy in a side that was very boring to watch. That's probably putting it a little bit lightly, isn't it? Um, Eric, I'll give you your man, and that's Lucas Toussaint and Leon, who, as you've mentioned in the past, is probably going to outseat Gonalon pretty soon. He's had a really excellent season. Yeah, this is a player who is impressed with France at various international levels, but for him to make the step up to Ligue 1, to play in European competition, and to you know remain as composed as and as dynamic as, as he has been all season... Uh, since coming in for Gonalon initially, when Gonalon was sent off for a challenge against Bordeaux, that gave Toussaint his initial chance. It's been fantastic to watch. I think that we're looking at a future French international, future Leon captain. Uh, really, really impressive season. I think that obviously, you know, we have our that we have the players that we've talked about, but I think Toussaint isn't someone that should be regarded lately by any means. He's been absolutely fantastic this season. Even 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 as it comes uh, in a crowded field in, in a number of fronts, 
and there's uh, that list is a, a group of excellent young players. But unsurprisingly, uh, our Liga Young Player of the Year is none other than Kylian Mbappe, who's been. Uh, it's it's going to be hard to describe words at some point. If I've mentioned this young lad, he's going to be a sensational, sensational footballer. Hopefully, if he carries on with the attitude he's got, he's got the world in the palm of his hand, really. Um, we finish our awards, really, or at least our individual awards before we name our team of the year with our player of the year. And we've already mentioned all four of these, so I'll, I'll go through and then ask you both who you think should win the award. And that's Fabinho of Monaco, Bernardo Silva also of Monaco, um, Jean-Michel Serri of Nice, and Falcao of Monaco. Uh, Eric, who should win this award? Uh, Bernardo Silva. I, I think that it had been Fabinho for me for a long time, but the more I look at how Silva can positively affect a match, no matter the situation, uh, and, through, and through a variety of ways, I think it just has to be him. He's been uh, a player whose versatility and and willingness to play week in and week out in a variety of competitions has been uh, really impressive, and absolutely he deserves it. Uh, Fabinho is probably equal to second, given his importance to the team, how noticeable he is in terms of allowing those fullbacks to attack, but uh, it's got to be Silva. Philip, who would you take? I'd go with um, with Fabinho. Uh, I think that uh, without him, Monaco just are not functional in this four four two. We saw it in the um, in the final of the Coupe d'Italie against PSG, where Monaco got um, comprehensively beaten, and that uh, without uh, without Fabinho, uh, Bakayoko as a four, none of the four four two does work. So the full backs aren't as um, happy to go forward. The uh, the centre backs aren't as um, well, actually the centre backs doesn't really change the thing. Bakayoko is not as um, comfortable as he is uh, he's not as comfortable next to Moutinho as he is next to Fabinho um, and uh, Monaco need uh, more uh, need to do more uh, all over the pitch without him and that includes Bernardo Silva and the winner of the player of the year and you're right but those two are really at the top of that list even though Seri's probably pushing them as well for a, night, a comfortable Brahmins medal but it is Fabinho that is our player of the year congratulations to him he's had a terrific season and it's splitting hairs really between him and Bernardo Silva who's also been superb but the, it is the Brazilian that just edges it so based on your voting here is our Liga team of the year that's based on the voting both on the Twitter feed and from our votes as well so your team is Cardinal in goal Ricardo Pereira, Gleek, Thiago Silva and Mondi as your defence uh, Bernardo Silva, Fabinho, Jean-Michel Seri and Florian Tovan in midfield and an attacking partnership of Lacazette and Cavani. Um, there's manager Hadim, and then your substitute bench is Baptiste Rene, Jubil Sidibe, Marco Verratti, Timio Bakayoko, Lamar, Boudibouz, and Mbappe. Um, is there anyone maybe missing from those lineup from either of you, Eric? No, and the substitute bench is included. I, I think it's been a, it, it's it's a pretty complete set of players. Philip, no, I'm fine with this. Yeah, credit to both our team and our audience because they've picked an absolute sensational team that's really, really difficult to argue with. Uh, and that's all from us what we have uh, this week. Uh, my thanks to Eric, Philip, and to everyone who's come on to this show this season because obviously it's our final of the season. It's been terrific. Our biggest thanks to you are reserved really for you at home as well for tuning in, whether it's every show every week or if you just dip your toes in now and again. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, make sure to keep your eyes on our Twitter feed for our return in early August and or oh, for any projects that we do in the meantime. So keep an eye out for that. But for one final time, 
for the 2016-17 season. It's Abianto and goodbye.